You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. We are people of worry. And are you at peace? Are you able to put that worry aside? See, anxiety. Anxiety is a thief that steals from you daily. Anxiety steals your peace. And I think we forget that we have the Prince of Peace to lead us. See, Paul writes, the Apostle Paul writes a great deal about peace. If you were to go through the book of Philippians and study it from chapter 1 through chapter 4, the theme of peace and joy is in every single chapter. And what's so ironic about that, Paul wrote that letter from prison. He was awaiting to go to trial, knowing that he probably will be sentenced to death. But yet he talked about joy and peace. But Paul wrote this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you His peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Our faith is challenged to believe that. Isn't it? That the Lord of peace will give you His peace at all times and every situation. See, God has promised us peace. He has promised to give us strength, excuse me, strength and peace. But the way we view peace is quite different than how God looks at it. You know, baby boomers, we remember the turbulent 60s, the late 60s going to early 70s, peace was everywhere. You know, you paint peace signs on Volkswagen buses, flower child. Needless to say, I was not one of those. Not in my, my household. That wouldn't have happened. But the theme was that everybody would get along and everybody would have love and everybody get together, love whoever you're with, that kind of garbage. And yet, what we're talking about this morning is spiritual peace. Spiritual peace, a peace that confidently believes that everything is right between me and God. Believe that He's in control of my life now and in eternity. Assurance that my sins have been forgotten. Forgiven and forgotten. And assurance that God is concerned about me in my life, and what goes on with me every moment of the day. It's a peace that God gives to His children. You know, that peace has been purchased by the Prince of Peace on a cross. So our identity is that we are the people of God's peace. Jesus said this in John 14, I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. Think about that. It's a gift. 
And yet we struggle to accept that gift. We're so full of worry and so full of anxiety. And he goes on to say, the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be f- troubled or afraid. And he goes on in chapter 16 in verse 32, and Jesus says this, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Notice what he's saying here in verse 32. I've told you this that you may have peace in me, but he says, on this earth you will have trials and you will have sorrows. Who do we blame first when something adverse comes about in our lives? God. That's who we tend to, be, to blame. So God, why don't you let this happen? He never told us this world would not be full of pain and sorrow. He told us He would give us peace and how to handle those things. Because our peace will be eternal. In Philippians chapter 4, I want you to turn your Bibles there. And... We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 at this process of peace. We're going to be looking how to achieve this peace. God, Jesus told me that it was a gift. But He says there are four, there are four building blocks of peace. And here they are. And the first being stay true to the Lord. Number two, resolve conflicts. Number three, rejoice frequently. Four, be unselfish. And five, reject anxiety. These are the things that Paul is going to cover in these seven verses. This morning you were handed an index card. That card is for you to use at the end of this service. So that We will be doing something. So have those handy. Number one, stay true to the Lord. Look at Philippians 1, excuse me, 4 and verse 1. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and my crown that I receive from my work. Stay true to the Lord. Stand fast, as some passage, some translations say, that I'm grounded in the Word of God. I'm grounded in His love. And there's no other place to be as a Christian. So people that have one foot in the world and one in the church, I use that figuratively, they struggle. Because they're trying to live in the world and in God's kingdom at the same time, and it becomes very difficult. He wants us to release the world and embrace Him. 1 John 4 and verse 12, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. God is invisible, but His love makes, our love makes God visible. How we love makes Him visible. The world can see God through us. So He says, stay true to the Lord and love one another. The second building block is to resolve conflicts. Look at verse 2. And he said, why are, we, why are we looking at this particular verse? He's talking about two individuals. Well, there's a reason for that. He says, now I appeal to Eudea and Syntyche, and please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. 
Now the NIV takes this particular verse and says, be of the same mind. Apparently there's two women that had an argument or a quarrel. They're, they're at odds at each other. And Paul didn't take sides, but it's such a problem that he addressed it to the whole church because these letters would be read to the entire congregation. He says, be of the same mind and settle your disagreement. And whenever possible, we have to resolve conflict. Because we don't show love when we have conflict with one another. So Paul makes that point clear that you've got to resolve conflict. It can't be peace in your life if you've got continual conflict, quarrel, and disagreement with someone. Verse 3, And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they've worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They have worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Paul was instructing others to help them resolve this conflict. See, they'd been faithful workers in the church. They'd been helped teaching the gospel. If there are things that happen, there's a falling out. And Paul said, it's serious enough, you need to fix it. Because it's standing in the way of relationship with God. It's, Christians have disagreements. We can't allow those things to fester and stand in the way of our peace. Number three, rejoice frequently. Verse four. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Is that hard to do? Is it hard to rejoice at all times? I found times in my life I didn't want to think about having joy or even talk about rejoicing. We've all been there, haven't we? Paul says, always be full of joy. Do you feel like that there are things in the Bible that really don't pertain to you? That these were holier than holy people that lived during this time and they could do things that I just can't do. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, this is Paul writing this. I mean, he, he's a chosen apostle. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and he's saying all these things, and you're going, that's not real to me. That's not how the real world operates. Let me, let me straighten out something about Paul. He was a man who carried with him all the deeds that he had done before he found Jesus. He led people to death. He took part in killing people. Men, women, and children put him in prison. And yet, when he met Jesus, he received a peace he hadn't had before. So don't, we can't talk about that he is something that was much more special than me. He was chosen by God. That would have made him special, but yet he was still a man had to carry a lot of guilt. But yet he came to terms with that guilt because of the peace that God gave him. 
He says, always, always be full of joy in the Lord. Some versions say rejoice. I'll say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy. Despite the circumstances that encounter us, Paul was sitting in a jail cell in Rome as he wrote this. He knows he's probably going to die. But he says rejoice. Be full of joy. Chapter 1 of Philippians, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4 have verses that all have this major theme of joy. Be joyful in all circumstances. And he could do this because he had the peace of God. Life's tough. But God is good. Life is tough, but God is good. That's why we rejoice. Not that life's tough. Remember, Jesus said, life is going to be full of sorrow and pain. But I'll give you a peace to get you through that. You see, joy, true joy is supernatural because it comes from within. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Dwelling within us. All these words up here on this wall, the fruit of the Spirit, those are things that are a result of the Spirit living within us. And look at the second joy, and then third, peace. That's why it's a gift, because it comes from God. No person can bring the type of joy that Jesus talked about to someone else. That comes from God. And we're going to rejoice because what God has done for me. He's extended His mercy and His grace to me. To me. And to you. No matter what this world brings or happens, I can have peace in knowing that I will be with my Lord when I leave this earth. And that's why we rejoice. Paul and Silas were in captivity in Acts chapter 16. And the, and the scriptures tell us that they were beaten with rods to the point they couldn't even stand up. Their backs were bleeding, whelped up, and they then they were placed in stocks in a dark prison cell. And it says in verse 25 of Acts 16, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. They were full of joy because they knew they were that much closer to being with their God. And as a result of that attitude of joy that they were displaying, the jailer and his family were saved. They came to know Jesus because of that. Do we portray, do we exhibit joy in our life? Or we on the other side of that coin that we show nothing but disdain for life? Joy is supernatural. It's fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a personal choice. A choice of faith. So what do you mean? I allow the Spirit to work. 
I don't fight Him. I don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I allow the Spirit to lead me. So God, I don't understand what is going on. I don't know why this is happening, but I do trust You. I trust You, Lord, that You're on Your throne in heaven and You are in control. Do you believe that? That God is in control of everything that is going on. He's in control. See, that's faith. That's a choice that we believe that. So that means to allow this choice of faith to happen in my life, I've got to trust in Him. And I trust that God, no matter what, you are in control. You have not forsaken us. You give us strength. Number four, be unselfish. Verse five. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. I want to read another verse. This is NIV. Let your, gener- your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Amplified Version. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness for the Lord is near. In New American Standard, let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Don't be selfish. Think of others more highly than yourself. Let your gentleness be known. Why? Because we live in a hardened society. We live where selfishness is the norm. People are becoming less kind, less respectful, less reasonable, more ungodly. But we're told to be unselfish, be considerate, have a gentle spirit. That's against everything that this world teaches us to be. See, Jesus predicted what would happen in the last days. In Matthew 24 and verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Jesus said that. And we're living during those times right now. And if there's a time more than ever that the world needs to see the light of the world is through us. It's now. That we have a gentle spirit. We're not unselfish. We're going to reach out and help and share the love of Christ. We need to live with that awareness that Jesus is coming soon. Number five, reject anxiety. Verse six, Philippians four, Paul writes this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Don't worry about anything. Lord, I can't help it. But it doesn't mean that we're not to be concerned. We're going to be concerned about things. 
We're going to be wondering what is going on. But what he is telling us is, don't worry, don't be anxious. Some passage, some versions say, anxious, don't be anxious. But see, the word anxious is anxiety. And in the ancient Greek, the word anxiety means to divide or tear the mind. And that's a perfect definition for us to understand. Anxiety tears the mind. I understand why people worry. I have concerns about my kids and my grandkids, my brother and sister, but he says, don't worry to the point that that occupies all your being. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, Jesus talked about not worrying about everyday things. And he said in verse 27, verse 27, Cast all your wor- can all your worries add a single moment to your life? But Paul said in verse 6, don't worry about anything. How do I get to that point? How do I get to the point where worry doesn't consume me? Maybe not every day, but there are times in which something can happen and I'm so consumed with that worry it turns into anxiety and then my life revolves around that particular moment. Does that make sense? How can Paul say, don't worry about anything in verse 6? And Jesus said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. But see, go back to verse 6. And he says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God everything. Tell God what you need. He wants to hear from you. And there are two aspects of prayer. Prayer is a broad word. It talks about our communication. But it also includes our worship. The supplication, some of your versions say supplication. Supplication means directly ask God for something. So God already knows, but He wants you to tell Him. He wants you to communicate. He wants you to open your heart up and pour it out. Lay everything on the table. And we communicate with God through conversation. And there's been times in my life I've said all I knew to say. And then I said, Lord, I don't know what else to say. So I opened Scripture and go to the Psalms, and I just pray the psalm. Because I didn't know what else I could say. Been on my hands and knees. Here, take this from me. But the point is, you can't, you can't try to ignore it and think it's going to go away. Because it's not. But you give it to Him. You give it to God. And He helps you cope with it. He says, pray about everything. And then he says, after you tell him what you need, you thank him. Paul says this, thank him for all he has done. Be thankful. 
despite all the bad circumstances, you are still a child of the King. You are still one who has been rescued from eternal death. I rejoice in that. I'm thankful in that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Give all your worries to Jesus. Peter writes this in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Give how many of them? All. All of your worries to God. So those are the building blocks. Every one of those things that Paul is talking about here is drawing us closer to God's peace. But those are things that we have to, we're surrendering. That's how it happens. I have to surrender to God for His will to be done in my life. I surrender to God for His Spirit to work in my life. I'm surrendering to the will of God. And then when I come to Him, I'm still surrendering. And then God, take this worry from me. Take it. And then the peace. Paul says in verse 7, then you will experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You will ex then when I've surrendered and I've gone through this process of giving it all up to Him, then He can take the worry. And then the peace of God, which ex exceeds anything we can understand, will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. It's the walk. God's peace is a spiritual peace. Again, it's what it gives me the assurance that everything is right between He and I. There's nothing standing between us in our relationship. See, a worry can stand in the way of the relationship if we allow it, if it consumes our life. And you can say, so you don't understand. Well, I, I can understand a lot. I've been through quite a bit. Cancer, losing parents to cancer, a sibling to cancer, my children going through traumatic events in their lives, marriages breaking up. I understand. But God promises us His peace. It's a peace that God gives His beloved children. What I want you to do right now is you take out that card and there should be a pen on the back of the seat in front of you. You write down on this card a worry or the worries. Things that are challenges in your life right now that you are worried about. 
Things that are causing you anxiety. Write that down on that card. And as you write, you think about this. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God for He cares for you. Give all your worries. Don't write your name on this. Just write down what the things are. Because you're going to give these things to God this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up as you're writing. Don't allow anxiety and worry to take over your life. Give these worries up to Jesus. Take the card and fold it in half. And what I want you to do this morning, if you feel comfortable with that, as we sing this song, I want you to bring your words. And we're going to put them in this basket up here. And then we're going to pray over these worries that God releases you from these worries. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have that peace that we can't even understand. Give all your worries to Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonte Boulevard in Tonte Town, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God love others, and serve both.